Well, we just finished a series I was uh, really excited about, and we spent about five weeks, and it's all about keeping the change in our life. And, and you can actually go and listen to those online at lakepointonline.com. You can also uh, go to um, uh, your, your favorite uh, podcast. I, I think we were, we're on most of the, the popular ones. And so you can uh, subscribe to Lake Point Church. It'll notify you when a new one has uh, been loaded. But it, it's something that you can uh, listen to and hopefully inspire and be reminded about how to keep the change. And so we're, we're in this three-week sort of time where we're having some, some holidays coming up. We've got Thanksgiving coming up and, and then obviously getting ready for Christmas. And we're excited about what uh, God has laid on our hearts regarding Christmas. There's some cool things that we, we're planning uh, right now for that. Excited about the series that, that, uh, about Christmas. Obviously, it's about Christmas, but the angle that God has has uh, laid in my heart to share with you guys. But between now and then, I wanted to share something with, uh, with you guys and, and be reminded of myself of something that we can use and, and, um, during these three weeks to kind of help us prepare ourselves for, um, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And so usually around this time of year, there's, there's lots of family time. Lots of families getting together, obviously, making plans. And I know some of y'all are in situations that, that kind of stresses you out, like there's some weird uncles out there somewhere that you're just like, you know, please just don't even look at me or be around me or talk to me or whatever, you know, or cousins or whatever. And, but for the most part, we, I think, enjoy some of our family members that we like to join with, and, and hopefully your immediate family that you live with, obviously. But during this time, I'm picturing, I'm picturing a wall, maybe in a living room or on a staircase somewhere, that has family pictures. And it has like, you know, something like, you know, we are family or the word family and maybe some scripture, you know, maybe you, you know, shop at Hobby Lobby or, or those kinds of stores and you get those things and you put them on, on the walls and everything and it's, it's cool. But you, there, there are three words that I see over and over again uh, if I go to people's houses, um, and it's also one that we have in our house hanging up as well. And those three words are what we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. And, um, and it's really mentioned here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to be um, mostly in Hebrews today, but I'm going to start off with um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. So just say a few verses. And it says this, and this is the Apostle Paul talking. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And I'm going to be explaining just a minute, that, especially that uh, verse 12. But here's the key direction, verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Now, so the three words I'm talking about, faith, 
hope, love. You may have those displayed in your house somewhere. We have them actually when you walk into our house, right there on the left, faith, hope, and love. And so this, this is found in what is called the love chapter. Now, it's called the love chapter because before um, Paul talks about what, what I just read, there's a lot of stuff about what love is. In fact, a lot of times I will read this passage at weddings, and, um, and you probably have, have uh, read through the, uh, the different descriptors of love. And so it's really interesting that Paul would put this passage after that, like when I was a child, I used to talk like a child, now I'm grown, and, and all this stuff. And then what's the greatest, you know, faith, hope, and love. And then he kind of comes back to the whole love theme. And it's kind of weird that he would put that uh, behind that whole love chapter. But in reality, what Paul is doing, he, he's, he's sort of summing up what he has been talking about in the previous chapters leading up to chapter 13. Now, you got to remember, this is a, a letter. So Paul wasn't writing chapters like, here's chapter 12, here's chapter 13. When you, don't write, when you write a letter, you don't write letters and chapters, right? And so, and obviously he definitely didn't write numbers. Okay, that, that came uh, many hundreds of years later. And, but Paul is writing this letter and he's explaining lots of things that we find in previous chapters. For instance, he's helping the church at Corinth, which had some issues, the church he helped plant in Corinth, they had some issues of, of proper worship etiquette and, um, and uh, relationships, you know, um, that, that weren't really healthy in the church. Um, also, he talked about how the church should be unified because they weren't unified. And he also talks about spiritual gifts, how, how it, it, people have different spiritual gifts and how they could be used properly in a church. Because the church of Corinth was having, uh, they, they were a little confused and they were sort of uh, needed some direction. And so that's what Paul is saying. And what Paul is saying, look, above all these things that I've just got through talking to you about in, 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 in the previous part of this letter, here's what it boils down to. It boils down to faith, hope, and love. And really the greatest of these is love. And so it all boils down to that. Well, it's interesting that, that Paul, um, if, you, if you read in this, um, in this passage there, especially in, in verse 12, so if you can go back to verse 12, it says this, for now we see only a reflection. So you have the word now, that's important. Then we shall see, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So you have this part of, of, um, of this verse where you have Paul sort of contrasting now and then. The now, and he's talking about, you know, you know in, in the time that he was writing this, now. And that's how we can look at it as well, the now. And then... He was also talking about the then that's coming down the road. So we can look at it, and it's important for us to look at it both ways, the now and the then. And so he uses an analogy of a mirror as one looking in a mirror. Now, 
Paul, during that time, and, and, and people in the age, they didn't have mirrors like we have them. Actually, they were more of like polished silver. They wasn't like really glass, you know, mirrors that you can see everything. Um, not all the details came out. And so that's why he, he talks about a, a, a dim reflection because it's, it's not something that is, um, that is very, very clear, but you can have, you can see an image there. And so he talks about, for now we see only a dim reflection as in a mirror, and that reflection is the reflection of God within us. Then we shall see face to face. So what he's doing, he's contrasting. Look, now we, we can kind of see God in, in, our, in ourselves as we have invited Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of our life. The Holy Spirit lives within us. We should be showing forth the fruit of the Spirit. So we're seeing just a dim reflection as in a mirror of God. But then, later on, when we're in heaven, we get to see the true God face to face. We get to see him face to face. And so, um, and then it goes on to say, now I know in part, so I know part of things, then I shall know fully. In other words, he's saying, look, I, I know a little bit about what, what, a little bit about God, you know, how, how Jesus came to me and, and uh, stopped me on the road to Damascus, and I was made aware of, of God and his presence in my life, and I feel his presence in my life. And, and you and I, definitely, uh, for those who have accepted Christ, we get to see that in God's word. We get to talk about it as we fellowship with other believers. And so we get to experience God. We know in part of God. But down the road, when we're in heaven, we're going to know the fullness of God. All things will be revealed. You know, you, would, I, you would probably agree that God knows a lot about you. In fact, the Bible says he knows every hair in your head. Yeah, and sorry for that analogy for those who are bald, gentlemen. But he knows every hair on your head, and or used to be on your head, and he um, he knows every part about you. Wouldn't it be awesome if you knew every part about God as much as God knows about you? Wouldn't it be cool? Well, all things will be revealed when we are in heaven. So you have the then. I mean, you have the now, and then you have the then. And one day, we will know God the same way he knows us. John, um, John actually confirms this. Um, the disciple John wrote um, this particular book, 1 John 3, 2. It says this, dear friends, now we are children of God, and we will be, um, ha and what we will be has not yet been known, but we will know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We will see. So it's not just a, a dim reflection. It's not just part of what we know about God, about Christ. Everything will be revealed. Now, I'm trying to sort of show you a picture of this. In fact, I, I do have a picture that you see on the screen. It's a picture of the Grand Canyon. 
And if you would look on that on the, um, on the screen. So this, this Grand Canyon, how, how many of y'all have ever been to the Grand Canyon? Okay. How many of y'all have ever been past the Mississippi, across the west of the Mississippi? Wow, okay. You need to get out more. But the Grand Canyon, um, I have been there uh, once before when I was in high school, our church youth group. Um, when I lived in Texas, we actually took a, a mission trip uh, west, and uh, part of that trip, we got to see the Grand Canyon. And I had seen pictures. You can actually Google pictures, and you can probably see 3D images of the Grand Canyon, and you can see all kinds of things about the Grand Canyon. And I had seen pictures of it. But whenever I got off the bus and I walked the trail, short trail, to where the lookout station was, I was blown away by what I was looking at. I was like, oh my God, look what you created. This is amazing. Seeing pictures and experiencing the Grand Canyon are way two totally different things. And it's the same talking about um, our relationship with Christ and, 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 and seeing Christ in our lives, knowing him, knowing about his word, all of this. We're only seeing just a part of it. We can see pictures of it, of his character and his word. We can feel his spirit within our spirit, yes, but one of these days, it's, heaven's going to be a Grand Canyon experience. Because in the Grand Canyon, you, you feel the wind blowing. You hear the chipmunks rattling. You see the, 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 the birds flying in there. And you see the real-time sunrise and sunsets. You feel the temperature drop as it, the sun goes down there in the desert. And you get to experience those things. One day, you and I, we get to experience those things in heaven. And so, so what, what Paul is basically saying is that we see a reflection of Jesus in our lives, but one day, we will see him face to face. But until that happens, until we get to do that, Here's how we should live our life. And I'm going to break it down for you in just three words. And Paul tells it, tells it to us. Faith, hope, and love. Above all else, he says these three remain. These three remain. Faith, hope, and love. These words will help us see God more clearly until we are with him later. So these words are for the now, and when the later, we're going to see God fully revealed. If faith is not increasing in our life, if hope is not sustained, and if love is not growing, then your sight and experience of God will fail more and more. So we have to live our life with faith, hope, and love. And if we do that, we are going to see God more clearly until the day it is fully known and we can experience God to the full. Now, that is an introduction to faith, hope, and love. Right now, today, I'm going to talk about faith. Next week, you guess it, hope. And you don't want to miss 
the next, uh, next uh, week after that, love. So my main passage of scripture for today is in Hebrews 11 chapter, um, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang out first in verse six. And it says this, and, and you probably have heard this passage before, but it, it talks about, obviously, faith. In Hebrews eleven six. and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So, basically, this writer of Hebrews, we don't, we don't know the writer, there's speculation, it could be Paul, it could be Peter, it could be another writer. But this anonymous writer says that, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we want to please our life, we want our life to be a, a, a pleasing aroma to God, for God to breathe in our life and to say, that person, that man, that woman, that that teenager, that child, they are, they are pleasure to me by how they live in their life. You know, and I used to, I used to think this passage was, was really all about, well, I've got to, I'm gonna please God with my life, and so I'm gonna do good things to please God so he will be happy with me. I've, I've interpreted that, and, and, and you might have interpreted that as well, and, and there's no, nothing wrong with that interpretation. It's just not complete because it lends itself to more of a, of a works-based salvation. It's not complete. Yes, we want our life to be pleasing to God with our actions, absolutely, and as we walk by faith in this um, in this Christian life that God has called us to. But it's even deeper than that. It's much deeper than that. If you're a believer, then, then there will be many times in your life that you will need to turn to faith. Because you and I, we're gonna travel, we're gonna travel through dark seasons in our life. It's going to come. Some of you are traveling through some of those right now. Some of you have traveled them in the past, and some of you will be traveling through some in the future. Only God knows that. You will face tough challenges. It's there that we need to have faith that God is in control and that he works all things. Everybody say all things. All things together for our good. You know, you may have had seasons in your marriage that has been pretty rocky, pretty dark. How does faith step in? Faith steps in like this and says this. I believe that God has called us together and I'm going to stick this out and I'm gonna honor God with my marriage and my life. And even though it's dark and there's lots of questions, there's lots of distrust in that, I believe by faith God is with us. Now that's a different kind of, that's a, to me, that's a different faith. That's a deeper faith than just saying, oh, I'm just gonna live my life good and walk this, this line of faith. Deep faith says this, 
through the darkest valleys and the darkest seasons of my life, I believe God is with me. I believe he's not leaving me. He's not forsaking me. He, he has a plan for me. He works out all things for my good. He is with me through my marriage, through any kind of health scare, through any kind of a phone call you get about a tragedy, through a, a, a job change, job loss, whatever, through the darkest seasons of our life, God is there. And so as I was studying this, this thing of faith, I kind of realized that we please God by how we respond in faith to the darkest seasons in our life. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what this writer is telling us, if you want to please God with your life, have faith that he's with you in the dark seasons of life. In the dark seasons of life. Now, I know there's different variants of the dark seasons of life. I mean, there's some seasons that are, that are tragic. And there are some dark seasons that you're just really lonely. And you have some depression in that. And, and there's different variants of, of, of those dark seasons. But God says, you can please me if you walk in faith and just believe I am with you and that I am there and I'm going to provide a way. Just have faith. Look, for example, I know this is a really small little example on this, but let's take college football. You know where I was going here. Let's say college football. So all the Alabama fans here in the room, you got to have faith that you're going to make it to the college playoffs. Even through the dark seasons of your life. It's got, now, you Georgia fans are laughing. You're in the same position, right? You know, we can laugh about that, sort of. But in all seriousness, God wants to show you that he He's got this. Living in faith of God will help us to see him more clearly. Sure, it's, it's easier to have everything you need to trust God for all your needs. You know, it's easy to, to live your life when everything is going right. But you're never going to build your faith that way. You don't build your faith when everything is going right, you build your faith in the dark seasons of life. And God is interested in building your faith. So, there's a couple of different types of, of faith we're talking about. Obviously, that's a faith for, for pleasing God. That's a faith for pleasing God, or for the, for the pleasure of God. And then there's a second kind of faith for the perspective of God, the view of God, the perspective of God. Let me explain. In, in Hebrews 
chapter 11, verse 1. So we were just in verse 6, so we're going to be in verse 1. It says this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence is what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So what does that mean? Does that mean that, that whatever we believe in is going to happen? We believe in this and it's just going to happen? Paul goes on to share about all the, all the men and women. After this verse, he goes on to share about all the men and women in the Bible who have had a strong faith. And we call this um, sort of the chapter of faith or the, or the hall of faith about various people, Abraham and, and, and Moses and Joshua and, and, and even Rahab. I mean, men and women in the Bible that he goes on to say, this writer does, and he goes on to say, look, these men and women, they lived by faith. But after he makes this list, or part of this list, we, we see this in, uh, in Hebrews eleven thirteen. So we start off in Hebrews 11, 1. We have this list of names, and we have this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then we have this in Hebrews in the 13th verse. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. So what does this mean? They lived by faith, the kind that we should emulate in this life, but they did not receive the things promised to them. Because the thing promised to them was Jesus, because Jesus was ultimately the object of their faith. Now, Jesus wasn't around. They didn't know his name, but, but the object of their faith was the fact that there is going to be hope, which faith leads into hope. That's why we'll talk about that next week and how that ties in. But they, they live their life in faith, and, and Jesus was the object of their faith, and, and they never saw him. All those people he listed, they never saw the Christ. They never saw the Son of God. You know, later on, Paul states that they would trade everything they have, that you and I have, they would trade everything we have, they have to see Jesus. You see, we have Jesus, but they never saw him. You know, I hear people all the time, you know, Frank, if, if, if I could just see the, the, the Red Sea part, or if I could see the, the walls of Jericho come tumbling down, or if I could see a donkey talk, that would be pretty cool. I mean, there's all kinds of stories. It's like, if a donkey talks to me about God or what I should do, then, man, that's, that's awesome. Or if I could see the Red Sea part of the walls of Jericho or a burning bush, if I could see those things, my faith would explode. But can I tell you something? They didn't have. They didn't have this. They didn't have this. And they didn't have Jesus. 
They didn't have the gospel. You and I have that. Now, obviously, the, the, the people who had, every, who had a lot of this, obviously the old passage, the old uh, passages and prophets of the Old Testament, and they actually sat and ate and walked and talked with Jesus in the time that he was on this earth, in the three years that he did ministry, there's a three-year period there where people had the Old Testament and, and those old scriptures and prophets and Jesus. Yeah, I mean, they kind of had it all, but of course, many of them were persecuted and martyred, and, uh, and you probably wouldn't want any of that. So we're living in a time that is really, really good. The fact that we have God's word, we have Jesus who's alive and he's sitting on the throne and we have Jesus living in our life for those who have accepted Christ as Savior. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the presence of God in our life. Those, those guys on the hall of faith, they long for that. Never got it. Now they're experiencing that now, but we get to experience that as well. I mean, more than they have. So, what does this mean to us? How can we live the same way? You know, faith is not merely believing for God to do something in the present, the now. Faith is believing that what I do by faith in the present affects the unseen and the future. Because those people on this, in this hall of faith, the way they live their life affects people that they'll never ever meet until eternity in heaven. Because their words, their life, their legacy is right here for us to read. They lived by faith. They never saw, they never saw the, the prize of their faith, Jesus, and they never got to see the people who would ultimately be affected by their lives of faith. What that tells me is this. We should do the same. We should do the same with our faith. You know, you may say, Frank, I've, I've taken a step of faith. I've taken a step of faith in, in lots of different areas. I've taken a step of faith in a, in a, re, in a relationship. But guess what? That didn't really happen. Or I've taken a step of faith in, in starting a career, maybe going, going to college or going to a trade school or, or moving, relocating and starting a job only to get laid off, and, and that didn't work out. You know, Frank, I, I, I've started, you know, we ha have this opportunity to, you know, start a family. You know, it hasn't, has it worked out? I guess I don't have enough faith. I guess God has sort of forgotten about us, forgotten about me. Well, that is a wrong way to look at your faith because your faith, the results of your faith are not just for the now 
the present, it's also for the then, the future. Because the way you and I live our life in faith through the dark seasons of our life, the way you and I live out our faith is something that is going to affect things that you and I cannot see. And you know what? We may never see. Just like the people right there in Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith that never got a chance to see it. But that didn't stop them. Oh, nothing's really happening. You know? I mean, yeah, they got a, a Red Sea. They got some pretty big miracles, yes. But the object of their faith, they never got to see. And so they longed for that. They, they, they never saw it, but it never stopped them from doing that. Because, see, your faith is the evidence that God is doing something around you. Your dark seasons is an opportunity to live out your faith and affect people. We have limited perspective in this life. We have a limited perspective in this life. And so we can live out our faith to where we have the perspective, the viewpoint, the vantage point of God to where we say, you know what? I may not see the result of my faith. I may not receive the prize of my faith. Now, I may see it later. Or, I may be affecting people now that I don't even realize. Or, I may be affecting people that I will never, ever meet because they will come after me, just like the people in Hebrews 11. So this sort of affects in two different areas. It affects people you don't know. You don't know how your life of faith, while going through a difficult season, a dark season, is affecting people around you. Do you know this? People are watching you, even, gosh, with social media now. We, we put things in our life on there. People watch us. People are looking at us like a storefront window. And you have people in your life, and they know what you're going through and how you respond in the darkest time through faith, saying, I'm going through this, yes, but I am going to hold fast to the word of God, I'm gonna get down on my knees, I'm going to believe in God that he's with me uh, through all of this, and I'm gonna walk by faith. And through that, you're, you're pleasing God, but you're also affecting people around you and people you don't even know. Every once in a while, I'll get somebody in the community who... I may not even know, I haven't seen them in a while, whatever, and they'll say something like, I've been watching you, and I'm like, whoa, what do you mean watching me? That's a little freaky. They'll say, you know, I, I, I've been watching your family, and 
you know, they'll, they'll have some questions or maybe they heard a sermon or whatever, or maybe they'll be inspired by something. But let me tell you, in this world where we're all connected, you have an opportunity in your dark times are affecting people around you who don't even realize it. Your, your job situation, your health situation, your relationship situation, whatever it is, it is affecting people around you and it can help build their faith. Second thing, it'll affect people you will never meet. My, my papa, Robert Hale, he was a man of faith. Now, obviously, I got a chance to, to really know him growing up. My wife got a chance to know him. Some of our kids got a chance to know them. Some of them not, and some of them were just too young to even remember. But I do know this. His legacy of faith is affecting people that he never met and people he will never meet until one day in heaven. Because right now there are some great-grandchildren that he's never met who because of his legacy of faith and how he lived through, through dark times and troubled times and, and nothing phased the man. Why? He knew who was in control. He knew who was in control. And he walked this life as if heaven was real and he couldn't wait to get there. And his faith, his legacy of faith is affecting people, great-grandchildren, then great-great-great-grandchildren, and on down the line, kids and family he will never meet until in heaven. Your faith during your darkest times will build a legacy for people that you have never met. The things, dark times that you could be going through, whether you're going through them now or you, you will be going through them, but your response to that in faith that God's got this, God's in control, God's in charge, you're putting your whole trust in him, is gonna affect people that, that aren't even here on this planet yet. God knows when they're gonna arrive, and he's got the seed of faith that you're building and you're planting. He's got that legacy ready to go to different generations. Just like when you plant a tree, and that tree, if it's a good, strong tree, will last generations. And generations of kids will climb that tree and fall from that tree and build swing set, you know, swings around that tree, and, and they'll rake leaves under the same tree. God is, is planting a seed of faith, and you've got to have that perspective. We must have the perspective of God.
God, I'm going through, I'm going through this. I, I, this is tough. I, I, I can't handle this. I need your strength. And the way you respond by trusting in God, staying in his word, staying in prayer, having other people walk with you, how you respond to that is building a tree of faith and a legacy of faith for generations to come. So it will affect people right now that you don't know, and it will affect people that you may never meet. So how do we practically live out this faith? You can live out your faith in in, a variety of ways, just every day, everyday faith. Here's a few of them. You can live out your faith through prayer, believing that God is listening. You know, it's amazing I mean, when we talk to God, God doesn't verbally talk back to you. Now, he can. He, we see in that scripture, uh, I've, I've met people that they literally heard the voice of God. And if, if every time you pray, God talks to you, and in the audible voice, every, every sentence, please let me know the next time you pray, because I would love to hear that. But by faith, we pray. Think about it. We're praying to something we can't, or someone we can't even see. Prayer is faith. That's how we are walking through faith. When you're going through dark times and dark seasons, prayer is faith. Live out your faith by reading the Bible, believing that it is inspired word of God and it is alive and active today. Yet the people who actually wrote the words on paper and who scribed this from the Holy Spirit, from the words of God, yeah, they're all dead, but the words themselves are alive. They're alive, and they can be used in our life. Another way, you can live out your faith by sharing your salvation story to others who need to hear about hope in Jesus, believing that he can save them. Sharing about Jesus, about your, your salvation story, your testimony, is going to build your faith. You can live out your faith by giving to the Lord, okay? By giving to the Lord an offering and a tithe to build the kingdom, believing that your needs will be met. God will take care of your needs. That is a big faith. And I know it doesn't make sense in the world's economy, but God's economy is way different. He doesn't think in dollars. He doesn't think in currency. It's a total different. And and again, when we're in heaven, we're going to be like, oh, now I get it. Now I understand. But when we give to the Lord our tithes and our offering faithfully, we are building our faith. So that's ways we could build build our faith every day. And here's a couple of ways we could build our faith on our worst days. So we have practical ways that we could build our faith every day. Prayer, Bible, reading, fellowship with other believers, those kinds of things, giving to the Lord. We can, we can build our faith every day, but on our worst days, on our worst days, when we are in the bad season of our life, let me just give you two words that can help you to live out your faith, because that's how we please God. Celebrate and connect. Celebrate and connect. On your worst days, when you're going through a dark season, 
celebrate with those who are experiencing what your soul longs for. You know, if, if, if you're sitting here today and, and, and you want to ultimately get married and you're not really dating anybody and all your friends are getting married, what do you do to build your faith that can help you build your faith? You celebrate. You celebrate. There's no jealousy with that. There's no, you're not coveting. You're celebrating. If you lose your job, what's a, one of the best ways to build your faith is that, is that you celebrate when someone else gets, gets that job or when you have a friend of yours that gets a job and you have been overlooked or whatever, you celebrate. And you can, you, you can use that in, in, in many different areas in whatever dark season of life you're in right now. Celebrate with those who are experiencing the thing that you desire. And the second thing is connect. Connect. Connect with the people who are experiencing the things that you desire. Don't just be like, you know, they, they got a house. I really, we've been praying for a house or, or, or whatever. And it's like, well, I just, I don't really feel like hanging out with them anymore. Or, or you know, they got married and things changed. I, don't, I mean, you know, I just, I don't, I don't really want to associate with them anymore. Or it just seems like things are going just really good for them. And the things that I desire, they're kind of always getting. I just don't really want to associate with them anymore. So you just become a hermit. Hey, connect with people. Connect with people. And listen, listen to what I'm saying. I know it's difficult to do those two things. When you're going through dark times, the last two things you want to do is to celebrate with others and connect with others. I get it. But I'm just saying, when you can get over as quickly as you can to that side to where you're celebrating and you're connecting in the middle of your dark times, you are beginning to build your faith. And you're telling God, God, you're in control. This is not about me. This is not about me. This is about what you're doing in my life. Because I believe, God, because you're in control, with this faith that you're building in my life, it's going to affect me down the road, it's affecting people now, and it's going to affect a legacy of people I've never even met. As, as we close, I do want to have a response time. I do want the band to come up here, and they're going to make their way on up here. I, I do want to close with Ephesians chapter 2.8, as we see that faith has a power to do one more thing. Faith has a power to do one more thing that I want to mention, and that's simply this. Faith has a power to save you. Faith has the power to save you, as we find in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved, here it is, through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is a gift of God. 
So it is by grace you have been saved through faith. You have faith that Jesus Christ can save you. You have faith that Jesus Christ can be your savior. And through that, grace abides. Grace comes in to your life and you're overwhelmed with grace. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've never really experienced that. You've never really understood. You know, all it takes is just a step of faith. All I gotta do is just walk right there and it's, it's right there. It's not difficult. It's a gift. All you have to do is receive it. You've done nothing to earn it. Just receive it. Just receive it.